0: Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators. They're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them and they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. This is Jackie Scully, and today I have Kimberly gone with us. She is out of Canada. She is an educator and has her business star students, as you can see in her background. And it is a tutoring and educational service for parents looking for alternative education choices if they are not satisfied with the public school system. And I love your tagline, progress without politics. So love it. So excited for this conversation today. Thank you, Kimberly, for being here.
1: Thank you, first and foremost, Jackie, for having me here. Um, I'm really excited for it too. I know that we vibe on quite a few different levels, so it's really exciting to be able to um, vibe on the education level in particular.
0: Yes, thank you. So, what originally got you into education? And I think you you had some time just in like kind of the traditional model before you started your business, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, in terms of what got me into education, um, I'd have to thank my father for that. Uh, that was one thing. He he wasn't a teacher in a public school, um, but he was what I might call an alternative educator, um, teaching people about finances and how to manage them, that sort of thing. Uh, but from a very young age, that's where my inspiration sort of came from. Um, because I remember, you know, as a kid coming home from school, um, crying, typically because of math. <laughs> Um, and my dad, you know, how sitting down, explaining things to me in various different ways um, to try to make sure that I understood that. And he didn't. And I understood whatever concept it was um, that we were talking about. And he wouldn't stop explaining until I actually understood the concept. Right. Like he just kept going persistence wise, um, which is one of the qualities you would know, which is one of the qualities that makes a great teacher is persistence. Right um and so that kind of started my journey along like what why i wanted to be a teacher and um what kind of led me into being a teacher um of course when you when you think about teaching you think about being an educator where most people's brains go is immediately to a public school educator right because that's kind of that that's just the the uh phenomena right that that's just kind of how things work um and so, yeah, so I just kind of I went well I, I not kind of I did <laughs> go through. um I went through uh, teachers' college, um I went through university first um to get my four years uh, for my ba and then I went to two years of teachers' college. Um, and then from there, yes, I mean, I guess I was teaching um in my practicum, in my co-op, I actually graduated um, in twenty twenty. In April of 2020, if you can believe that. So if you remember the way that the world was, um, it was just not a foot that I wanted to start on in terms of where my career was gonna be. Right? Uh, it's different if you're in that environment already and you've been there, you know, as a veteran teacher for 10, 15, 20 years, um, and that's totally understandable. Everybody has their own choices. For me, I knew that it wasn't gonna work <laughs> starting starting that um, on that foot uh I it just was not cuz I was up to here <laughs> with the levels of frustration um with just all of the extra stuff going on um and so here I was with you know six years of education under my belt and I've spent all this money for these degrees that I'm now like well I don't know if this is what I can do anymore um and so that's where Star Students came from cuz I said well there's no reason that I can't do it on my own right
0: Yeah. And so I think you coming into education, like starting your career in 2020 was that pivotal moment. Usually that's a question I ask in a little later on of like, what was the pandemic like for you? And like, how did that, you know, Ah. evolve into what you're doing now? So we're like already at that point. Um, I could not imagine graduating and thinking I'm going to go into teaching in 2020. Like that was already my 18th year teaching or 17th year. Right. I was in it for a Mm -hmm. long time and it was still one of the most challenging things I have ever gone through as a teacher. And now that we're on the other side of it, it's like, we can't really do education the same way that we did before. Like it definitely was this like pivotal moment of like, Hmm, what are we doing? And so that's why I love how we connect it because I very much connect with your philosophy and what you're doing with star students. So yeah. Tell us how out of 2020, And creating um, this business, how all that came to be, and then you know what you saw with like parents and what they were yearning for, and what they were needing, and why this business really needed to happen.
1: Of of course, yes. Well, I know first of all, like that, that's one of the things that I love about how we connected. There's so many educators, um, yourself included, who. Uh, realize like hey this is not something that's working anymore uh, maybe there were kind of some hints before the pandemic as to like okay things are really not <laughs> not doing too well right um, and then you know after everything that happened we're sitting here like well we really can't you like you just said we really can't do education the same way um, and so that's why I, that's one of the reasons I love how we connected over over that right we really can't do education the same way um in terms of, yeah, how STAR students started. So, I mean, I just started tutoring um, because that was what I knew, right? That was how I knew how to operate. That was the familiar ground. Um, and it wasn't a forever plan. It was just kind of, okay, well, this is kind of the natural way of things. Um, and so I started out with tutoring um, and it was just me. Um, and then very quickly, uh, I had people actually, like that summer, so the, like two, three months later, Um, I had people asking for uh, homeschooling services, um, because here I am as a teacher who's gone through the system to be educated as a teacher, to know all of the curriculum, um, to have all of those details, and all of the extra, what I call fluff, (laughs) um, everything else that came with it, right, in Teachers College, Um, and I had people, parents, asking for homeschooling services, Um, And so I said, okay, well, this is something that I can't do on my own, right? Um, So at that point, I made it an official business, um, opened it up as STAR students. Uh, It took me a little bit to find the right people um, and to find the right teachers. Um, You have to consider uh, quite a few things when you're hiring people um, for teaching. Uh, It's a non-negotiable that all of our teachers have a BA in whatever their expertise is. Um, and then a be because if people are hiring for private education, you should have the appropriate credentials, right? Mm-hmm. Even though this is the irony, even though you're operating outside the system um, as alternative education, you do need to know the system well enough to
0: mm-hmm. be able to
1: still make that equivalent, right? Um, and so a lot of parents that we that we serve, a lot of our clients are very much comfortable with that because they like the idea of having private teachers that have chosen to for various reasons step outside the system and work privately on their own um and so that's how star students came about it was kind of it was very much an organic um i saw the need i was i was actually asked for the need directly by quite a few people um and so we opened up our own that was in Jan- uh, january of 2021 was when the business was officially open um things continued with tutoring and whatnot the homeschooling section of things came in um by 2022 so by the summer of 2022 fall of 2022 was when we first started running our homeschooling programs um great success all the kids who were with us last year have come back this year and we're actually wonderful of this for this year yeah
0: that's great I like that this just happened organically because to me that always feels like it's just meant to be right like (laughs) you didn't have to push anything I think because you realized early on in that spring 2020, like this is not for me going to the traditional model in the public school setting. So you set Mm -hmm. that intention and then things just kind of like came to you. And I think that's what happens. It's like, you know what you want. um, You're not sure what that looks like. And then things just come in and then it just flows naturally. And I think what you're creating and the fact that it's growing is wonderful because I see it here in the United States as well, we have, mm-hmm. I went to an alternative education conference in June, 2023, and learned lots about homeschooling, microschooling, how more and more parents are pulling their kids out of the traditional model because A, they maybe want it to fit their schedule, maybe their parents that are at home and also like to travel or do other things and having maybe education online helps with that. But a lot of them do. Want to um, have it be more individualized, which is something we'll talk about. They want the individual attention. They want their child to feel like they can have agency. They can explore, and they're not kind of feeling like it's this one size fits all curriculum that either the state is creating, the teacher themselves or department is creating with whatever their perspective is. So again, kind of kind of getting into like progress without politics. There's been a mm-hmm. lot coming out of. 2020 and 2021 with the whole, you know, what are these like schools teaching our children, right? And parents feeling like, are we on board with that? Or like, we would like to have more, you know, freedom and flexibility and having our children be able to explore and ask their own questions in like a critical thinking way and not feel like there's this packaged curriculum that is kind of being forced on kids. And so kind of going into that, like, maybe you want to talk about a little bit more about the way you kind of run your school, your homeschooling, your curriculum, how maybe parents or students have agency or they're part of it as well. Because I think you give a lot of kind of like that um, agency to them as well.
1: Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so I mentioned, um, I mean, I'll talk about this a little bit in in a second, um, but I mentioned that we started our first homeschooling program um, in 2022, like in the fall of 2022. Um, was when we started. And that was our first one. So this is our second year um, running this program. And like I said, all the kids have come back. Um, one of the one of the big things that we really do stress um, in schools and I, I, like in working with our program and with working with um, the education that we provide is making sure that we give the parents the choice um, and that we give the kids the choice of curriculum. So when I sit down and I say, okay, so this is what needs to be done for myself because I still teach, um, I don't just run the business. I still teach because that's that's what I want to do. Um, that's what I love. And so when I sit down and I, I plan out the curriculum, right? I mean, I let my teachers that, you know have a say in what curriculum we should use. I then take that curriculum to the parents and I say, here, here are our professional recommendations because your child needs to know A, B, and C in subjects D, E, and F, right? And to make sure that they're academically on par with their public school peers, right? So you're still you're homeschooling, but you're still getting the, again, the academic section um, of the curriculum. So that you're not shutting any opportunities, mm. you're not uh, uh, shutting off any doors to your kids. Um, that was something that I just decided to do because of the fact that when people were talking, when people and parents were talking to me, um, one of their concerns was, well, I can't homeschool my kid because a, I don't know the curriculum. Like they don't have the knowledge because they haven't gone through the education. They're like, "Where do I start?" Oh, with the six hundred page document. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> right, with all the expectations and stuff. Um, so they they can they can definitely do it themselves, but it's just it's a lot of work. Um, and so what we did was make sure that we are uh we're, we're qualifying those uh, curriculum pieces that we're choosing, uh, that match best with the family, um, for for actual curriculum choice um, the kids are very much involved as well right we take it to the parents we say here here's our professional recommendations then the parents will go through make sure everything is good and everything aligns with what they're looking for there's certain things that they teach in public school that uh, we at STAR students don't touch as topics um, we leave them for uh, they like dinner table conversations mm-hmm. rather than um, um, school conversations right um, and so with that comes a little bit of agency, like I mentioned before, with the parents, those same parents will then come to me and ask professional advice as to how to approach those topics with their mm-hmm. kids. Um, and, and, you know, we'll sit there and have a discussion. It's not me telling them what to say or what to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. We'll sit there, and have a discussion. What is your family comfortable with? Is that something that your child is, is developmentally capable of um, absorbing? right it, and these are the parents that realistically parents know their children better than any other person on the planet mm-hmm. so far be it from me as an educator to say well this is what you should teach your child right now mm-hmm. I can provide my recommendations I can say this is the way that these are different ways you can approach subjects um, but at the end of the day we want to make sure that the parents are the primary the the primary not the primary educator but the primary voice of agency um, Mm. for the child so that's a little bit about how we make sure just with our uh, just with our elite homeschooling program that's a little bit about how we make sure that we're providing the parents and the kids with agency um, and with choice to be able to enjoy their schooling
0: i love that because i think we've gotten too far away from that kind of collaboration A long time, Mm -hmm. and actually, like, long time. Like, you think about the whole institution, like, the whole system hasn't Mm -hmm. really been about that collaboration. If you think about eons ago, the whole idea of it takes a village to raise a child was about family and other elders and members. We think elders, maybe other teachers coming together in support in collaboration to help guide that child, and that's kind of like you're bridging that relationship because at least in the United States, we've seen (laughs) battleground, right? Between teachers, school boards, and parents. And that doesn't do any service to the child at all. It creates more problems. It creates friction. Um, We have teachers leaving, right? The school system Mm -hmm. because of those types of conflicts and also just the pressure of the system itself. And there's more and more parents, again, pulling their kids from schools because they don't feel they have a voice. They don't feel they have support. And you're right, like the parents do know their child the best. It's their children. And it should be a team effort. And, you know, I like this approach of like, I'm the educator. I have the professional background. I can give my professional advice and suggestions. But at the end of the day, we're having a conversation with the parents and they have agency and also the students have choice in what they want to learn or how they want to go about it. And I like this idea of certain topics that could be hot button topics that eventually will present themselves in schools. And we see it all the time that like, how are we approaching that with the child and with parents involved and not just the teacher saying, well, this is the way I see things. And this is how I'm going to talk to your child about it. And that creates a lot of friction and problems because then the other voices feel like they're just getting kind of spoon fed information and they don't really know how to come back and say anything because I have a couple students you know in my space now that feel like some things they don't know how to raise their voice about because they feel like the outlier and I just don't think those are the spaces we want to create in any type of educational school system whether that's homeschooling micro school regular traditional school like children should feel safe to ask questions to be curious Mm -hmm. To have those conversations and and know that there's going to be multiple perspectives, but multiple people supporting them in asking those questions. So yeah, anything else you wanted to maybe go off and share about that? Too?
1: Um, no, I just I just really like where you're coming from um, with that. I know that uh, a lot of our a lot of our parents have asked, um, not even have asked. This was just something that I saw um, as an educator. Um, in the public school system, especially when I was in teacher's college, um, I'm sure when you went to teacher's college, having been a teacher for 18, 18, 19 years yeah. now, um, it was much different, right? As m- much the same as when I went to university, like I hear from people in university and I'm like, what? there's new policies, there's new, like, they change things, right? Um. So when I went to teacher's college, it was very much politicized. Um, there was nothing necessarily about how, not nothing, I should say there were precisely two classes out of the 40 (laughs) that I took in my two years of junior college, not excluding the practicum and the the co-op because that's the hands-on experience and I loved being in the classroom. Um, But in terms of the classes that I was required to take, there were maybe two out of 40, coincidentally taught by the same professor, I still remember his name, um about actually how to plan curriculum and actually how to like the the gist of actually being a teacher um and how you plan your your subjects how you plan your day like the practicalities right of of how to be a teacher you would think that's what the majority of teachers college is supposed to be about um no the rest of those classes um that i took were about how to teach from a certain framework and it was all the same sort of framework Right. And that was where I really had a problem because I was like, if this is what I'm expected to do, like this is not in the best interest of the child. This is not in the best interest of the parent. What happens to, like you said, what happens to all those other voices? Mm -hmm. Um, All of those other opinions, all those other perspectives, do we just ignore them? Like how are we as an educator supposed to teach from only that one perspective? Right. That's not Mm -hmm. something that that was not something that I was okay with. Um, And so I I resonate with that when you Mm -hmm. say that like children should feel Um, safe to be able to express opinions and to be able to uh, talk freely um, and learn how to engage respectfully because other people are going to have different opinions other people Mm -hmm. are going to have different perspectives oftentimes I find in a classroom setting you don't get that for a variety of reasons and I don't think that I don't think that hardly any of that is the teacher's fault Mm. Um, it's a much different environment when you have a class of you know one one teacher and two or three or four students or even one-on-one right as opposed to you have one teacher and you have 25 to 30 to 40 it's a different environment um in the classroom right um and so that kind of opens up a little Mm -hmm. bit of a conversation about smaller class sizes um Mm -hmm. but but even then right even then i i do think that a lot of the same challenges remain um in traditional education
0: yeah i agree i think that you're going to get a certain kind of um kind of tone depending on what college you go Mm -hmm. to and it was different when I went to college I graduated 2004 I would say I'm social sciences education and that was like my first degree and then I got a master's in education so it really was a lot of like content and then also practicum and you know how to plan lessons but um, I could see it now being very much more politicized especially being a social sciences teacher and -hmm. depending on what school you go to and kind of the mindset of those professors um, and college students like we see now happening in 2023 with everything from the fall uh, are very much influenced by the school and the professors who are teaching them and then it's like shaping that mindset and it's also for the teacher not to feel like they're being spoon-fed a certain perspective because I think being a quality educator means you need to be open-minded and you have to make a space for multiple perspectives. I think it's a responsibility Mm -hmm. that we have. I go back to, we use Socratic seminar in our history classes, which I really love because it's all about taking a text that could have various opinions and various perspectives and the students with you facilitating, helping to have them lead the conversation and approach the text from their various viewpoints and asking questions, but responding respectfully to one another. And being able to go kind of deep into that instead of like the teacher saying, "Here's the text that I believe is correct," and I want you to just like regurgitate or like answer these questions that I created for you. So I think as much putting it into the students' hands and developmentally, I like how you have that conversation with parents about different topics and what is developmentally appropriate and how we approach those topics. Because like I teach 11th and 12th grade, they're practically they're young adults. I can have they can have those conversations and have those Socratic seminars because they're kind of developmentally ready for that. But elementary school, lower school, how are we scaffolding and creating you know, those spaces where they can ask these questions, ask curious questions, but we're also like, where do we go developmentally with that? So I think it's very important that we think about the age group and the kind of conversations we're having with them. Um, yes. Anything else you want to share just about like, Your day to day, what it looks like, the types of families that you're working with, their feedback, their testimonials about, you know, of course, they're coming back to you. So it's definitely (laughs) been a success. Um, And anything else that you just see in the way you're approaching education and and how it might advance and maybe, I don't know, breaking the mold a little bit in our system that we have.
1: Yeah, well, stepping outside of the system is definitely something that uh, a lot of parents want to do, but they don't really know where to start, right? Um, so I always say one of, my biggest, uh, one of my biggest tips or one of my biggest um, points that I stress, um, you mentioned earlier, actually, I found that funny, you said it, it, you know, eons ago, eons, that was the phrase you used, eons ago, um, it ta- we, we had this mentality of it takes a village to raise a child that wasn't eons ago it was only like maybe 100 years 150 years right it feels like eons for sure (laughs) because education has changed so much right but that I think that that really does still stand true right it takes a village to raise a child and so the perspective that star students is founded on is that we are here as teachers and as educators to assist you and to help you but you absolutely must have other people around right and I so I really within the homeschooling community um, this is one of the biggest things that I talk about is you have to have a tribe around you you have to have whether and I don't mean a tribe as in you know like the 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 general sense of like what you might think of eons ago being a tribe running (laughs) across the plains like that's not (laughs) what I mean right I mean you have to have people around you you have to have a support system um and they don't all necessarily have to think the same way or have the same opinions or whatever. Um, but a, your tribe as a parent should be other parents who are also looking for the best interest for their child. Um, and you mentioned before with educators, it's important for us educators to keep an open mind. It's also important for parents, especially if they are the ones who are educating or or educating in some way with their children, right? Whether they're doing partial subjects, whether they're hiring it out whether they're hiring out part of what they want, don't want to teach, right? Whatever the situation is, um, making sure that you keep an open mind and making sure that you explore different options and making sure that you obviously do what's in the best interest for your child and for your family, right? Because that's really what it does come down to. Um, when, when you think about, when you take the grand scheme of things, you take the politics out of it, the difference of opinions and whatever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're acting in the best interest of your child. And as long as you can look in the mirror at night with yourself and say, I did a good job today with my kid. You're doing a good job then.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The integrity has to be there. Yes. Yes. Exactly. all from yeah. all people. Yes. And children can see that Ch- mm-hmm. children are smarter than we give them credit for. And they are very,
1: a hundred percent. They pick yes. up on things like that. Everything they pick up on things so quickly.
0: They're very intuitive, especially when they're very young. And mm-hmm. I love when like a child can call out something that's like not right or like just speak truth. And I'm like, right. this is like, we should be, you know, learning from them.
1: <laughs> when they <laughs> because... don't, when they don't necessarily have that filter all the time and they say something right. that's like, a, like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> wait yeah. A minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So they, I think yeah. they know when they're adults in their life have the best interest for them and they have that integrity. They can see it. They could feel it. And I think they know when it's like being phony or people are faking it or they have an agenda, right? So um, Mm -hmm. any other thoughts that you want to share about like just how you see education now or in the future or what you would like to see maybe expand even just from your own business or maybe maybe this is, you know, influencing others to do what you're doing?
1: Yeah, if if I had my way, um, most kids would be homeschooled if not all kids, let me say all kids, let's let's go crazy. Let's dream big. (laughs) If I had my way, all kids would be homeschooled. And the current um, factory model of education would not exist. It would be completely wiped off the face of the earth. Um, But that's me. (laughs) I'm a little (laughs) radical. (laughs) Um, I definitely definitely see things, and especially now, um, I see things moving in a much more positive direction, in a much more uh, trending upwards. Um, in terms of alternative learning and homeschooling um, and parents also being involved, even Mm -hmm. I'm seeing huge change in even parents who are for whatever reason, um, keeping their kids in public school. Some parents may work factory jobs. They may be out of the house or whatever it is. Um, There's lots of reasons that parents uh, feel that they can't homeschool. And, you know, a lot of them are, are valid, right. You have to kind of build a lifestyle around homeschooling. Um, But with that, said there um, I'm, I'm seeing a huge upward trend and even the parents who are choosing to keep their kids in public school are way more involved than they were mm-hmm. before 2020 and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that education came home mm-hmm. right everybody tried to do online learning and the school boards <laughs> the school boards did not handle that well but <laughs> that's a different topic um, and, and but education came home right and it didn't it it didn't look very good to a lot of the parents. And so now, even when their kids are back in school, they're taking a much bigger interest. They're following up with the teachers. They're trying to support the teachers in what they can offer, what they can do, kind of how they can tag team or partner or whatever. Um, I'm seeing a huge uptrend in that, Mm. even for parents who are keeping their kids in school. I'm also seeing a huge uptrend in parents being like, nope, that's enough, and yanking their kids from school um, because they're looking for other options you mentioned micro schooling, um, there's unschooling, obviously there's homeschooling, there's tons of different ways mm-hmm. for people to educate their kids and still give them the same opportunities or even better opportunities than than kids who are in public school, right? Than mm-hmm. um, children who are in public school. Lots of Lots of different ways to do things. I think people are becoming much more aware now and they're actually taking action. Within the next, I would say within the next five years, there's going to be a massive shift Mm. a massive shift if not sooner Mm -hmm. (laughs) if not sooner than five years give it five years max right if you think well if you think about the education landscape in 2020 and how Mm -hmm. it is now 2023 right that's only been it's only been what three years not Mm -hmm. even give it another five I I see a huge a huge shift coming a huge shift coming
0: I agree Everything's ramping up too, and it's because we need it to. So it's it's yeah. like it's like an energy of like we need it to. and there's a lot of I think, um, I love this idea that there's more parents on board because I think we've seen in you know, before the pandemic, there was more of that disconnect and children need their parents to be involved. I think it helps with their mental health. it helps with their whole 100%. like view of their own self-esteem and everything. And so in a way, the pandemic with education coming home as horrible and crazy as the pandemic was in a way that brought some light to things of like what we need to fix and what we need to, how we need to include everyone. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I can see alternative education exploding. I mean, it already is, but like off the map in the next couple of years. And I wonder, this is my wonder of how the, public education system and just other traditional models like I'm in a private school but it's still like the traditional kind of schedule of public school system how that's Mm -hmm. going to respond so that's my wonder is that in the next few years they can't keep going the way they're going
1: it's it's not going down without a fight right it's not going down without a fight um is is my opinion you're that's that's curious I never thought about how the system the system would respond so that's a curious point yeah I've always kind of thought well like that's like they're going to go down but they're going to go down but they're not going to go down without a fight right yeah. that's kind yeah. of been my mindset I never thought about how they would maybe choose to respond
0: I know um,
1: and that kind of brings me to the like the next or yeah. wondering maybe your brain yeah. is going to if they respond And like depending on how they respond is that going to be enough
0: Mm.
1: Mm. right however they choose to respond right is that going to be enough to convince parents that the public school system is the way to go I I Mm. don't know I don't think so I think that the public school model the the factory model of education let's call it that because it's not necessarily just public schools the factory model of education I think needs to undergo some immense changes and it's just not working anymore Mm -hmm. um it's just not working anymore yeah Uh, i i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know that there are people in the public school system that are high up enough to think Mm. creatively outside the box to come up with a solution like on a mass scale right on a mass scale right um at star students and i'll say this from firsthand experience like homeschooling is a lot of work there's a reason why like teachers is a, like being a job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason that that's the case. If you are doing homeschooling or a type of homeschooling, unschooling or alternative learning where you're personalizing education on a massive scale, how do you do that? I'm I'm a creative thinker, mm. but I don't know that I could come up with a way to do that on a massive
0: scale. It would take yeah. a lot more. Oh. Let these people go and do their thing. This is never going to work on like a large scale system. We mm-hmm. still in the mindset right. of like, we still need to have transcripts and college or credits to get into college and the colleges aren't changing. So we got to keep it the status quo. I think that's going to be the speech for a while, but eventually right. as more and more and more are leaving teachers and families, because there's both, mm-hmm. um, Yes, they have to They either collapse or they are forced i don't think it's going to be like inspired but forced yeah. to maybe do it a different way and like i i published a book this fall and at the end of my book i write about just a simple framework of a curriculum that could be infused in like a advisory program or a you know, i don't know psychology or theology or community service life skills class or something and then just an idea of a new schedule which is not groundbreaking it's nothing like it's going to totally alter the system but it's like a way in to maybe start thinking of like how to try to transfer it transform it a little bit and I still think people look at that like no that's never going to work and it's like it's not even that it's like people who aren't even radical even if you come on a just question a slight, anymore <laughs> like a slight twist of something that maybe you can embed within the system and people are like no I just don't I don't see that happening. We have too many subjects we have to teach. We have too many things we have to do. You can't make a half day of school and then they go and do like experiential learning. I'm like, why not? I mean, they do it in different countries. Like I know in Germany and um, I've talked to some other teachers um, throughout Europe that like by the time they get to high school, like entrepreneurship, building community service projects, like maybe having classes, a half day. Yeah. yeah, It's already happening. And I don't know why, because it's funny how Canada and the United States seems like we're very much on, like, the same page when it comes to that factory model that they just don't want to let go of. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be interesting to see in the next, like, few years how many people leave and what the response yeah. is. Yeah, and what the response I... is. That's,
1: mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's gonna, And this is this is the thing is that if you don't, if you're not, my, you know, my dad always used to say something that is it's a little saying and it's very applicable to a lot of situations um he used to say if if bob has a problem with everybody everybody is not the problem Mm. it's bob right put the school system the traditional school system in there instead of bob right yeah so eventually change is coming it just depends on how fast people get fed up (laughs) and people leave Right, yeah. um, and and how fast people realize that th- this isn't working for my child anymore, this isn't working for my family anymore, this isn't yeah. in the best interest of myself, my partner, my my kids, my my dog, right? Like it's just not working anymore. We need yeah. a change, and we, we need something different. Um, I will say you said something uh, curious just now, so I will maybe like leave you with this final point. You said I don't know why Canada and the U.S. <laughs> um are the way that they are. I think that it has a lot to do. The reason that we hang on so hard to the factory model of education is because in Canada and the US, we are so busy all the time, go, go, go mm. all the time. Like we don't stop to really talk to people. I mean, we're talking, but we don't really stop to talk, to engage, um, to have meaningful conversations, to sit down and have 15, 20 minutes of a coffee with somebody in a cafe mm. or whatever, right? We And so we're in this, this idea of because we're so busy well then my lifestyle is not um conducive Mm. to including my children in my day-to-day because I'm so busy right Mm -hmm. and that's one of the biggest differences I find with alternative education of any sort a lot of parents include their kids in it like their kids are part of their day-to-day stuff Mm. not just a a 4 p.m to 8 p.m they're part of day to day whether that's from noon on whether that's the morning and then they do a couple hours of school summer whatever it is there's a lot more involvement Mm -hmm. um, because your kids are with you when you're doing any sort of alternative learning
0: I love that yeah so true we're very very busy they always say like especially in America I'm sure you know um Canada we're overworked and we don't really take we don't appreciate um downtime we don't really want to have downtime Down time. Uh, what's downtime what's downtime <laughs> yes and it's yes. that model of productivity 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 and I would even say the UK is very much the same too because when I talk to teachers from the UK it's Australia like even pretty- more yeah that traditional yeah. model well it all mm-hmm. comes from the UK <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is this very is true <laughs>
1: Yeah. If you trace back through history, I'm a history major. So like, yeah, that's 100 Yeah, 100%. you do.
0: Oh my gosh. That's uh-huh. so funny. Well, that's thank funny. you so See, much. That's another reason you belong so well. <laughs> I know. I know. History teachers unite. Yeah. Um, yeah, Thank you so much, Kimberly, for coming on the show right. and your insights are wonderful. You are stepping into the new and you're doing it and you are successful. So, I mean, right here is a wonderful example that this is the change that can happen and it works. So anything you want to share um, contact-wise about how my listeners can find you, website, other information, I'll plug it in the show notes. That you For appreciate. sure. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Fastest way to get a hold of me or, or I suppose, be able to uh, contact me, um, you can email me. So that's Kimberly at starstudents.co. Um, Jackie said she's got it in the show notes so perfect Um, or if you just want to check out star students uh, if you google star students so it'll come right up um, or any sort of search engine but if you're a person who likes to type in urls it's www.starstudents.co that's .co on both counts it's not .com got to be different because we're alternative so (laughs) that was the idea behind the web address and the email address and everything else. Um, yeah, that would be the fastest and then the quickest way to get a hold of the group contact.
0: Thank you so much. That will all be uh, hyperlinked in the show notes. You can go right to Kimberly's email or website to learn more about STAR students. I love it. Thank you for sharing Thank all of you. this today. Yeah. Thank you,
1: Jackie. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me.
0: Thank you for listening to The teacher Story. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow this podcast on YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment. All reviews help this podcast keep going and elevating teacher voices.